0: and then we're going to go into this teaching. I just can't wait. Hallelujah. I love it. And uh, believe God tonight for him to hear and answer our prayers. Hallelujah. We are citizens of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just bless you tonight. God, we thank you. God, we honor you. God, we just take a few moments just to, just to give thanks and praise to you tonight. That God, for who you are and for all that you've done. God, I, I thank you that, Lord, when we're, when we're weak or weary or, God, even when we're frustrated or we had a bad day like today, that, God, you're still great. You're still God. You're still for us and not against us. So, Father, we just, we just take a few moments just to, to give you the glory and the honor and the praise today, God, just to say that, Lord, you are worthy. You you are more than worthy, God. You are you 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 are just uh, beyond awesome, God. You are beyond even the words that, Lord, we can come up with tonight to describe you and to give you the praise that is due you. And so, Father, we just take this moment, God, to just praise you and bless you and thank you, great and mighty God that you are. We're just grateful tonight to be able to assemble together, just to 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 hear your word, to study and to call upon your name. So, Father, I thank you that, Lord, you are uh, even now in our midst, God. I thank you that. Lord, you are God that hears and does answer our prayer. And God, I thank you that, Lord, as we pray, that you, Lord, you will be in our midst and you will be quick, Lord, to just answer prayer. You'll be quick, Lord, to, to dispatch uh, the angels of the Lord, God, on our behalf. So, Father, tonight we begin just by praying, God, over our church body, our church family, God, those that are in need of your help, God, people that aren't here, Lord, for illness, God, people that are just maybe some aren't here because they're just lazy. And so, Father, I just pray for lazy people tonight. I pray for people that prioritize everything else, God, beyond you. And so, Father, I just pray that, God, that there would be just a a revival fire that would swell up within the hearts of your people, that, God, that you would draw them. Lord, I know that you know how to get our attention. So, Lord, I'm not praying get them, but, Lord, I am praying that, Lord, you would wake us up. Lord, your word declares, awake, awake, you who slumber, you who sleep. And so, Father, for those that are sleeping and slumbersome, God, in in their walk with you, Father, wake them up, shake them god do what you must do god in these hours and these times that we are in god i thank you that you, you you will just get the attention of your people that lord you would wake us out of uh, out of complacency and laziness and that god you, you would cause us to our, our hearts to yearn for you our hearts to yearn to grow in you and to know your word that and so father this is a time lord if we're not careful lord we must be aware according to your word of the wows and schemes of the enemy and how he would come come in. And so, Father, help us, God. Help us as a people. God, help me even, God, to, to, to be obedient, to, to shake your people awake. God, to, to help people to awake out of a slumbersome or sleepy period or just complacency, oh God, I pray, and to come hungry and bold, God, before you. Come come aggressively seeking after you. So I, I just pray for those people tonight, God. I don't judge them. I just pray for them. I've been there. I know, God, what it is to sit on a piano bench and lead worship and, and yet still be complacent so, Father, I just pray for them, God, that you would draw them as only you can. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you have a, a way and a means of drawing the hearts of your people to you. And so we give you glory and honor and praise. But, God, for those tonight that are in a position of need, God, for Mamona and her family, God, I thank you that, Lord, you are continuing to be their comfort and be their guide. Lord, I pray that you would assemble around them people that they would have words of life. God, even as I go in there, and God, as others maybe from our church go to just pay respects, God, I pray that you. You would fill our mouths God with words of life and comfort God uh, just to help it make sense God to help it help help God to to sit right within their spirit God to give them peace uh, even as your word declares a peace that passes all understanding God we can't even begin to understand this we can't even begin to understand a a young man taken so early but God I pray that Lord you would fill our, our mouths with words of peace and words of love God and words of kindness and just words of ministry Father, send angels to just minister in their homes and in their beds, God, even while they sleep. God, I thank you that I just pray in advance, God, that you, you would just have angels to be around that funeral home in Brownsville, and and that, God, that you would keep out every troublemaker, every problem that would cause them harm, every person that that means harm, every person that means judgment, God, every family member that, that has a bad attitude, and that, God, we just pray protection over them. I pray love over them. God, I pray peace over them in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I give you glory and honor and praise. And, God, I pray that they just know that they are loved, that they know. That they are supported here from us as a family, and that God, that that would shine through. Let the light of Christ shine through us in the name of Jesus. God, we uplift and we pray for Ranita tonight, God. I pray that Lord, you would comfort her, guide her. God, I thank you that even now, a supernatural strength beyond Lord what she's ever been able to experience, Lord, would over overshadow her, undergird her, and just guide her through these next few days. God, I thank you. It It will just be as if God, more than she's ever. Experience. God, I thank you that, that, yes, ministering angels and warring angels, God, angels will be in her midst and carrying her and, and helping her to even sleep and, and breathing life upon her and ministering to her in her darkest hour in the name of Jesus. So, Father, do what only you're able to do. Minister into her home. God, I know she may be alone, but she not be lonely. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, you would just guide her and support her, surround her, Lord, with people of love and, and, and People that would would speak life to her as well. God, I thank you that that we can celebrate the memories of what once were, but Lord, we're not gonna worship in those past, but God, we're gonna celebrate the gifts that you gave for the time we had it. And so, God, will celebrate that. So, God, as she enters into another year, as she celebrates her day of, of life, and we celebrate her, her 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 day of life, God, on the earth. God, we thank you for the years that she spent with her mother. God, we thank you for the blessing that her mother was. We thank you for the for the for the just the power. Powerful woman, matriarch that she was. But God, now I just thank you that, Lord, this isn't a, a birthday to be somber, but th- this is an opportunity, Lord, where we're going to be reminded to carry on, to carry the torch, to pick up and w- 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 with what the great woman of God has left behind. So, Father, minister and strengthen and empower. Empower. That's just the word that I hear in my spirit tonight. Empower Renita. Empower her by the Holy Ghost, God, throughout the days ahead. And we give you thanks and praise and glory and honor tonight. God, I thank you for the other requests made tonight, God, for Michelle. God, we cover her. We lift her up before you, Lord, tonight. God, for this other family, Lord, that has lost a loved one. God, in the name of Jesus, surround about. God, we just, I thank you, Lord, tonight we're just dispatching angels, God, because your word teaches us as we call angels go to work. So, Father, angels would be in the midst to comfort this family, to minister to them, to guide to them. God, I thank you that, Lord, I, I, I just thank you that, Lord, you've placed Amy as a neighbor, God, to this woman. and the the rest to be able to speak life to dead things. Life to dead things. And so Father, I thank you tonight that that, that you would you would just uh, uh, just fill Amy and James's mouth, God, and, and, and even heaven, God, fill their mouths, Lord, with, with life. God, fill their mouths, Lord, with, with words that would, would bring life, words that would, would would shine light into the darkness in the name of Jesus. And so Father, I, I just thank you that Lord you've created them and, and you brought them for such a time as this, God, to, to be light in the midst of darkness, to, to speak life. In the midst of dead things and dead seasons and and moments of trauma, and so God, I praise you and I bless you for Him even now. In the name of Jesus, God, for the remainder of this week, God, we've still got more to do. God, there's still more on the calendar. God, there, there's more things to be done. But God, I thank you that you give us the grace to get through. God, I thank you that you give us the strength to endure. In the name of Jesus, so Father, uh, let us not be overwhelmed by what is yet to be done. But God, we thank you that you walk with us, you go with us, and you empower us and you strengthen us. In the name of Jesus. God, in this room, touch every person under the sound of my voice. God, when this recording goes out to podcast, God, before it even airs, God, prepare their hearts to receive your word. Prepare people's hearts, God, to receive the kingdom of God, to awaken to the understanding and the revelation, God, of who they are. That God, when we pray, you hear and angels go to work on our behalf. That Lord, who we are as citizens of your kingdom, that we have rights and privileges, oh God. And so Father, I pray just for your revelation over this word. I pray for your anointing tonight, God, that you would help us in this room. God, what these few people tonight in this small group can do. Lord, these few people could revolutionize this church with a mentality and an understanding and revelation, God, like never seen before. So God, help us in our walk, that, Lord, it would not be ever the same as it was. God, I pray you would awaken us, God, to brand new things. You would open our eyes and our understanding, God, to receiving all that you have for us. That, God, no longer are we going to have to talk about how good you are and how great you are and then yet be in lack in so many areas. God, I don't want to talk and preach that you're a healer and then yet still be in need of a healing. And so, Father, I thank you that, Lord, this kingdom message will come to life in such revelation that, Lord, we will be walking testimonies of you. Walking testimonies. Lord, you said that we're to go out and to be witnesses. Witnesses. Not, not track, passing tracks, but, Lord, witnesses. That means witness. I'm in a, I'm a witness of what he did in my life. And so, Father, I thank you that this word will awaken our understanding and our faith, God, to receive your word and make it full and, and have fullness and life in our, in our walk and in our very beings tonight in the name of Jesus. So, God, I give you the glory. I give you the honor. I give you praise. I just go. ahead and pray for Sunday prepare the atmosphere prepare hearts God draw people not because it's gala Sunday but draw them because of the presence of God draw them God because of a stirring of the Holy Ghost draw them God because you have a word for them God fill my mouth give me the word give me the the revelation God to preach to your people on Sunday I thank you prepare the atmosphere release your anointing God maybe just soak in your presence Lord from today through the rest of this week let us just soak in your presence in the name of Jesus that we'd be ready to receive, God, I thank you, I praise you, I give you the glory and the honor and the praise, oh God, for all the things that you've done, for what you're about to do, how you're going to bless us, how we're about to be in a position to receive all that you promised us. It is ours because we are citizens of your kingdom. So, Father, I bless you and I thank you. I just give you a moment of praise in this place for how worthy you are, how awesome you are. I thank you for being in our midst. I thank you that I can sense angels at work. I can thank you that, God, I sense that there will be breakthrough in areas where there's been hindrance. I thank you that, Lord, we are going to step into the word that that pastor gave me, that, Lord, we're going to step into a a season and a time where, where whatever we ask, whatever we begin to do and whom and what we lay hands on, God, it will be done and so father i praise you and i bless you that we're going to see supernatural creative miracles in the name of jesus supernatural and creative miracles that lord we will be your walking witnesses lord up on the earth and god we give you thanks praise glory and honor right now mighty god that you are we love you we praise you in jesus your mighty name amen 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 hallelujah i love i just thank god for a good little bit of time of prayer Hallelujah. I feel excited. Hallelujah. I'm not kidding you. Hallelujah. When I've been throughout the years of ministry, I've gotten to preaching teeny tiny crowds like this. And then I've gotten to preaching big mega arenas. And there's always an excitement. People tend to be more excited when there's like 5,000. You know what I mean? There's, you can sort of hide behind numbers, but there's just a whether it's fake or not, some people think crowds produce anointing. No, uh, there's no more anointing with 5,000 people. It's just sometimes you can produce an excitement. It's like a ball game, you know. Uh, y- your team can still be losing, but there's something about being in the same place, seeing the team, right? And there's that excitement I feel tonight, even though we're not in an arena. For everybody that listens by podcast and think we're some mega church, uh, we're not. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's not like that at all, but I, I just, there's an excitement and an expectancy. And even as I was reviewing my, my, my notes on where I'm going to go tonight, an excitement and expectancy, I believe that if we can grab a hold of this teaching as we keep building on it, you can and you will, you can and you will see God really showing up in your life. Uh, we, you've heard me probably use the terminology that we, when I pray for people sometime that there will be a divine turnaround or a divine intervention, meaning if you and I can get the revelation of the kingdom of God, your part, and what that means, it will change the way you pray. It will change what you're expecting. It, it, will, it will just revolu- it will revolutionize how we experience church. What did I, I think I said, was it Sunday or the week before, I'm just sick of church as normal. You know, that kind of, oh, let's see what God can do. You know, most people come to church and and they're more looking forward to getting out of church than they are what it is God's going to do. I'm just telling you the honest, if I see people leave early one more time, I might stop everything and rebuke them. There's nothing irritating. I mean, if you're sick, that's one thing. If it's just you think you're so busy, check my calendar. You know, we think we're that important. You know what I mean, brother? There are some people they just think they're so important that if they don't get out of church too early because oh, Sunday there's a gallop by. Oh, I gotta go home and wash clothes. What would you do? You miss church Tuesday night. You're hearing what I'm saying that we have to I really believe if we grab a hold of this word that 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 God will revolutionize us is what I'm trying to tell you. And that that even us in this room, you have the ability to revolutionize a church to have a divine intervention, not just for your life, but it will change just the culture of our church, the culture of your family, the culture of your home, that when you pray, you know, you can expect to receive it. That if you, if you need a have a need of some kind, I don't care if it's physical, financial, mental, relational, whatever, that when you pray, then you just need to expect it to happen. Just stand back and watch. Uh, I'm not one of those that beg God. Uh, I've heard people beg, oh, please, God, please, God. please I don't do it because I've learned that when you pray, he says, ask anything and you'll receive. So I just get up and have the understanding it's, it's on its way. And it has changed the very way of which I've seen God move in my life, um, and maybe some of that will become revelation through the Word of God. So let's let's just go. I, I I won't take time to really review where we were. The podcast from last week is not up yet, so I know some of you wanted to, one, hear it again. Uh, I know you ask about just listening to it. Um, it's not up yet, because me, I just sent it to Pastor Donnie today. So it'll give him, we'll give him some time to get it up, hallelujah. All right. So, anyway, I, but I, I will give a quick review, all right, just to, so we don't miss anything. Because there's really, up to this point, I've been able to give, there, there's, there's a couple of points I'll just make. We started off last week uh, using Luke 4 uh, and 43, where he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. So the whole uh, focus is on the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? You know, what is our part in understanding uh, that so that we can receive the things of the kingdom? All right. And so um, uh, um, so we started off understanding uh, with a, just a basic foundation. I also made almost a controversial statement. If we don't have the ears to hear uh, when I said I, 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 I pointed out through Scripture that uh, that oftentimes we and we need to preach the cross. We need to preach his coming again. We need to preach on on, on all those things. It's the foundation of our faith, so don't misunderstand me. But I was pointing out to you that Jesus came not just for the cross and not just to raise again, but he came for the kingdom of God. He said that he came to preach the kingdom. And so that's why the only thing that he kept preaching is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And so the cross, the blood of Jesus, the resurrection – those are important, those are vital, and we must preach them, but they are a process, or I think I said it, I put it this way, a means to get to the good news, which is the kingdom of God. And the reason I said this is all of those things are important. We, we have churches that don't preach the blood because they say it's offensive. That is crazy to me. We have churches that don't preach the Holy Ghost, Right. We have we have translations of the Bible that no longer calls the blood the blood. They call it a body fluid because it's too. I'm telling you, people have lost their minds. What I, I'm telling you, those things are still important. All right. We, we, the Bible says that we are healed. We were healed by his stripes. So his blood, all of that is important. I just want to make the point and reiterate to you what I made last week as we build that the blood the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, it, that, it didn't end there. All of that was for the purpose to bring to you and I the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to continue to build on. Uh, and, and that is the good news. The good news is the kingdom of God. And so we, we started laying that foundation. And I left you with a couple of, of, of important things uh, to keep in mind. And I, I made uh, also another statement. I said that we can summarize everything that we face in life that I said, man has, man has one major problem, and every problem we have falls into that one category. And I said, man's number one problem is we don't control circumstances, right? Whether I'm sick, I can't control it if I'm low on money, I can't control it. Well, if, if, I'm, if, if Lois is mad at me, I can't control that. I had the neighbor mad at us today, yelling and cussing me because of our parking in front of their house. I can't control it. All right, uh, uh, Maybe I uh, offended somebody. I can't control that. Right? I can't control if my tire goes flat on my car. Our number one problem is, is we cannot control circumstances. However, What we started to show you is that when we understand who we are in the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. When we begin to have that understanding. All right. It brings about us knowing then that we have access to the power that can. The doctor can tell me whatever they want. All the tests and stuff I've been going through. And somebody said today, pastor, you still losing weight? Yep. I can't stop it. I'm sorry. All right. But it doesn't matter what they say. All right. I I understand that as a citizen of the kingdom, I have access to the power that can change a circumstance. So, which means I'm not going to lay awake at night worrying how I'm going to fix it, or God, are you going to step in? I have to be able to pray, ask the Lord what he says I can ask as a citizen of the kingdom, and then go to sleep and say, you're on your way, right? In, In times of I'm if you ain't got food in the cupboard, you ask the Lord, you go to bed, you don't fret, you don't worry and expect him to answer cuz we understand as a member of the kingdom that we have access to power. We access or have access to the one who can control the circumstance. Hallelujah. And so we said that and then lastly I'll make this point. I started I'm kind of giving you like several points. I said right before we finished up last week that religion reduces citizens to members of religious organizations. And I said that because too many times churches put a lot of emphasis on being a member of their church and not being a citizen of the kingdom. They're two totally different mentalities. If I'm a member of your church, people want you to become a member because if you're a member, they can control you. Have you ever experienced that, Amy? You know what I'm talking about. Where if you're a member, they want you to behave a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way. Oh, and by the way, are you giving I, I had a pastor want my ten ninety nine to make sure I was tithing. Get out of here. That is that is that is crazy. That is not necessary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those are things that are foolishness. And so it's a means of control, meaning you become a member, we'll give you the privilege to vote or to sing on the platform maybe or whatever, uh, teach a a Sunday school class. Uh, What I told you is I consider people members of this church. If you show up, if you're participating somehow, right, uh, I I recognize all those things. Whether somebody uh, 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 has the ability to give in an offering doesn't make them a member does not make them a member. That's just revelation for everybody. I realize there's some importance to it, but it doesn't dictate membership. Churches will kick you out as a member if you don't do one, two, and three. Are you hearing me? God is interested in you and I, not being a member of Fresh Fire Church or First Church on the corner of First Street. He is interested in you and I understanding and being a part of his kingdom. That's what he's interested in beyond anything else. And so I'm glad when people say, oh, I'm a member of Fresh Fire. Yeah, you're a member. You show up, you participate, whatever. You're, you're helping in some capacity. Sure, that makes you a member. But more importantly, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. That is where your power lies. There's no power in being a member of Fresh Fire Church. There's there no power in that, Right. Uh, you, you, you can tell everybody, you're a member of Fresh, Fresh Church. Some people won't even know who it is, but there's power in being a citizen of the kingdom of God. The second point I left you with before we left is a kingdom does not have members. Church religious groups have members. Clubs have members. A kingdom doesn't have members. They have citizens. All right? And I, the third point that I, and they're all kind of intertwined with one another, was we don't experience the reality of the kingdom life because we are religious members. In other words, we're not kingdom minded. What we do, I I was trying to explain to somebody that I was frustrated about something because some things transpired today that didn't make me happy. And I got really frustrated with someone and I said to them this, I said, I'm so frustrated because you ignored everything that I just met with you and talked with you about. We have to be kingdom minded, meaning everything we do. If we do a food distribution, that's to advance the kingdom. If we do the clothing distribution, that is advancing the kingdom. It's trying to let people know we love you enough, we care about you, and there's enough Jesus in us that we want to make sure you have the things that you might need. And if you have everything you need, then come get some things that you might want. You hearing what I'm saying? That, that's you and I trying to have a kingdom mindset, looking beyond our own self, all right? And so, and so it, it's really important. We don't experience the reality of the kingdom. Most people, there are... I forget what the statistic is. I'd have to go. I have it in a teaching somewhere. That, there, that most churches, or I may be more specific, most Christians never experience a real life miracle, like a healing or deliverance. And it's a high statistic. I, I want to say it's like 89%. Don't quote me on that. It's high. Meaning most churches, people show up Sunday after Sunday, maybe they show up for a Wednesday night and they'll die and leave this earth never seeing someone totally healed, set free from some addiction, bondage, whatever. And I really believe that the reason for that, Sister Cynthia, is that because we don't have a understanding revelation of the kingdom. Because if you know the kingdom of God and what it is, then you know when you pray, you just have to step back and and let God be God. That, that it doesn't matter how loud I pray, it just matters that I pray, all right? Being loud doesn't make... I, sometimes I get loud because I just get excited, right? But, but it, sometimes we get loud, especially if I, we're moving in the spirit and there's a message in tongues. That's supposed to be loud. They're not loud because they're more anointed. They're loud because God's saying, I'm speaking, listen, right? If you're trying to get your kids' attention, you will get loud, right? If if, if James is yelling for heaven, come on, we're ready to leave for church, and he's downstairs, you're going to elevate your voice because I'm talking and I want you to hear me, right? That's why God elevates his voice in in a message in, in tongues and interpretation. He said, I'm speaking. Listen up. We don't see the real moving of the spirit, miracles, the real kingdom of God at work in the earth. People say that the, we don't see the, all the miracles that, are, that we read about Jesus did. We don't see them in the earth today. And, and some denominations believe that those miracles are not for today. That's why some people use the same uh, excuse for that they don't believe in tongues because it wasn't meant for today. Then you didn't read all the Bible. You got to read to the end, all right? And you got to let me come teach you then because They are for today. It is for today. The reason that we don't operate in the kingdom, let me just make it real clear. People don't teach the kingdom, not even just denominations, but most churches won't teach it. Because if you teach the the kingdom of God, it relieves the preacher and the leadership of controlling you. That's what it does. And I'm not preaching against denominations, so hear me. There is a lot of good ones There's a few good ones. There's a lot of fair ones, all right? But there's some that are really, really bad. And there are some that they'll teach you doctrine. They'll teach you religion. And and the kingdom is not religion. It is not religion. Uh, Jesus is all about having a relationship. And so the kingdom is about liberating you in such a way in your thoughts that you realize that that the Bible is not designed. Some people say, oh, I don't come to church because I don't want to be controlled. That's religion. I don't preach something to control you. You've heard me say so many times, some of you have heard it more times than I could say, I'm not a behavioral preacher. I don't preach against behavior. There are some behaviors that are bad. There are some things that are not good. But what I've learned is that if you just teach people the word, all right, if if you teach people uh, 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 um, um, who they are in Christ, if you keep teaching them the kingdom, their behavior will change when you teach them what God has called them to be. So for me to get up here and preach, oh, you, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do this and this is sin, This, and, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching condemnation. And the, the devil is the one who will condemn you. Condemnation is of the devil. And churches will kind of do that and you will know, we'll intermix that into our messages to try to, you need to behave this way. If you're going to be a member of this church, you can't do that. I don't want to hear you talk that way. You shouldn't say that. And so I understand that the conviction is from the Holy Ghost. So my job is to preach the gospel, let the Holy Spirit, I can't convict you. The Holy Spirit will convict you. And when you're convicted, conviction will pull you up. Condemnation pushes you down. So I always tell people this. If you go to church and you feel worse when you leave than when you went in, that's condemnation. Meaning you've been preached. I, been, I, I, I sort of grew up in church, uh, Cynthia, that in, it was sort of ingrained. There was such religion beat into us. Religion that you had to dress this way, you had to behave this way, sit up, don't do that, don't do that, that you just felt like, okay, I quit, I ain't going to do nothing, because all y'all ever do is yell at me, right? I grew up in church, and we were in a particular denomination, and when the Lord anointed me to play, I was eight years old. Well, when the pianist wouldn't show up, being that my dad was a preacher, he's like, I want a pianist. So he says, say, son, will you play This is the Day and Alive, Alive? I mean, how many remember those courses? Alive, Alive, Jesus is Alive. I was pretty much all I could play at first. And... the Be and behold, in this denomination. They didn't like clap hands or nothing. They started clapping hands. I didn't make them. They just did. All right. And so it split the church literally over clapping hands. And so my point is, is they try to control and say, oh, you can't do that. And so in church board meetings, they brought my name up, an eight year old boy that's apparently I had a spirit to try to split the church at eight years old. And so they said, we don't want that anymore. So it got so bad that then I thought, oh, I'm not going to play piano. I'm going to play drums. And so I tried to go to the drums. Well, then that was the problem. And then it just kept moving. Finally, I just said, I think by this time I was 10, I said, I quit. I'm not playing in church. I don't want to go to church. I had to go to church because dad was a preacher. But I went and I sat like this and was like, nope, nope, nope. And some people would say, oh, when are you going to sing again? I'm not. When are you going to play again? I'm not. Right? Because I just thought, "Why, why bother? I was mad, of course, I was 8, 10 years old. However, when I look back, what they did not have is they, they, they were taught religion, they were taught laws and rules, they were not taught the kingdom. When you and I understand the kingdom, it opens things up for us, all right? It opens things up for us and, and, and allows us to understand that, that God wants to move in us and through us, all right? And that all this other stuff, so much stuff that we get mad about, that churches focus so much of their energy on, isn't doesn't have anything to do with the kingdom, all right? And Jesus is all about the kingdom, all right? So so we don't experience the reality of kingdom life because we focus too much on membership. It doesn't matter if we have fifteen hundred people on our roster as church members, all right? There's no power there. But God does want me to teach you what it is to be a kingdom citizen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Um, A government. Uh, uh, let me let me back up. In the kingdom, in, in the, when I speak of the kingdom of God, and we're going to get to some more scripture in a moment. In, in a kingdom, you don't appease the government. This is this is what I think the final thing I said to you, and so I want to build off of this. What I mean is, if you are a citizen, there is not appeasement. Once you're a citizen, you have rights and can make demands. And, I, and I, we need to relate that to what it is to be a citizen of the United States. Because we're a citizen, we have certain rights and demands, right? Uh, I'll get into a better example here shortly. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. In, in other words, it is reversed. In, in this kingdom, all right, in the kingdom of God, the government works for you. So many times religion and church tries to teach you and I that we're supposed to work for the church. Yeah, we need to volunteer, we can help in different ways, you know, it's great, you know, all of those things. But when we understand the kingdom of God, what Jesus was teaching, and as I lay this out through scripture, what you need to really understand is that the kingdom is there to work for you. Now that'll mess with some of our minds because some of us were really raised in such a capacity. That we felt like we need to do, and we need to do, and do, and do, and do. And we get manipulated into giving, and we get manipulated into being in church every time. And so we get manipulated into, you know, working the sound booth, and doing this, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. And and I know what it is. You sort of get guilted to feeling like you're not doing enough or that you're not enough. Right? Where you and I need to understand the message of the kingdom that Jesus was preaching through the scriptures I laid out last week and what we're going to build on tonight is, is, is that is that uh, the, the 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 kingdom is here to work for you and what that means all right and what that means uh, it, it, because in religion you work for the religion and religion focuses on you being a member and they don't teach that you're a citizen As a citizen of the United States, you have rights. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have rights and privileges. And that's the revelation I want to begin to show you as we move forward tonight. The fourth point that I'll make, this is where we're going to pick up tonight. The fourth point, every kingdom has to have a constitution or a covenant, which is what we call the Bible. All right? I I, I briefly introduced that earlier in the teaching last week. The Bible, what it is, is it, is it is my constitution. It is my Bible. You know, a lot of people say Bible means uh, uh, it's, uh, believers' instructions before leaving earth, right? But why, like, what? more than anything, Bible is just my constitution. It lets me know my rights and my privileges as a citizen of the kingdom. It lets me know what I can ask God for, what he will do on my behalf. Everything that is within the pages of your Bible, you can ask for. It's for you. All right. This is our constitution in the same way that our our United States has a constitution. The Bible is our constitution. All right. It's what makes things legal. All right. Every number five, every every kingdom has laws. And laws have to be obeyed for the kingdom to work. All right. How many do we ever hear on the news where the House of Representatives or the Senate, they they start trying to bend the law for their benefit? Right. And if you do that, it, everything will crumble, right? If, if there really is an insurrection, right, and someone tries to usurp authority, the whole thing will fall apart, right? And so we have laws, right, so, so that the kingdom can work. We have laws as a nation so it can work and function, amen? The sixth thing, and we're going to get somewhere. Let me just try to move quick. The sixth thing is every kingdom has a government. The government is just the ruling authority, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The kingdom authority. And the seventh one, which we're going to pause on for a bit tonight, is privileges. We'll touch on all of these as we work through this over the weeks to come. Privileges. That seventh one, privileges, that you have as a, as a, in the kingdom. I want you to understand your citizenship is a privilege, your citizenship as a, as a member of the kingdom is a privilege. But not just that. Our citizenship in this country is a privilege. That's why I said people try to climb the wall and come through desert and all the stuff to get to our country because it's awesome. I know we have a lot of things wrong, but it's awesome compared to everywhere else. All right. But as a citizen of the kingdom, it's a privilege. I want you to understand something, though. You and I don't have the right to be a citizen. But once you are a citizen, you have rights. Once you and I are a citizen of the kingdom, then we do have rights, all right? It's not easy to become a citizen of a country, all right? Because citizenship, every country realizes citizenship is a privilege, all right? And it gives you privileges and rights. And so if you want to become a citizen here in the U.S., it's not easy. It's not, it takes years and it's costly. Right? That's why so many people just try to get here and then just stay a while and try to get legal eventually because it's very costly. Because you and I need to understand just to have being a citizen that we get rights and privileges. Now, when someone comes into our country illegally, they have no rights. All right. They, they, they have no rights. There's no benefits that they, they can demand from the government. All right. They can't call up the center and be like, do this for me. Right. When we've had problems, uh, Uh, Or when we tried to form different things, when we started attacking the crime and stuff in our community, we had talked. We talked to U.S. senators and local politicians and the governor's office and all they were all calling the church. Right. Because we we said, hey, we're citizens and we don't like what's happening. We need you to do something. And they picked up the phone and called and showed up because we have rights and we have privileges. All right. Now, if I was an illegal immigrant, they wouldn't care. They ain't going to answer my call. Because they're saying, who are you? You can't vote, right? We're not concerned with what you're going to say, right? But as a citizen of the, uh, this country, they, they show up. In the same way, you need to know as a citizen of the kingdom, when you call, he answers. All right? We have to be able to pray and know that he's at work the minute it comes out of your mouth. Because you are a citizen of the kingdom. All right? There, there, throughout the scripture, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples of the kingdom at work. In the word of God, remember there was a woman that was bent over in the synagogue, and she was sick. The Bible said for many years. And the Bible says that Jesus was sitting there, but the Bible said that when 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 he recognized this woman, she he sees that she's sick for many years. The Bible says he stood up. He stood up. And that always has stood out to me every time I preached that text. When the Bible says that Jesus was sitting there, but once this, he recognizes and sees this woman, he stands up. In other words, it was, this, it was the signal to the religious folk nearby, I'm about to do something. I like to, I like to sort of identify that like when we're in church and sometimes you can just sh- sense a shift in the atmosphere. Like maybe worship sort of, okay, but then we'll sing a song or something will happen and the atmosphere will shift. That's Jesus standing up, meaning I'm about to do something. Where we often go wrong, and sometimes we'll leave and it doesn't happen, is because we miss him. It's because we don't fully understand the kingdom. I really believe this, and we often get in the way of what God wants to do. Sometimes we just shut the door on God. You know, we think, oh, well, time's getting away. You know, we've got to get everybody out of here. Oh, God, you can't move. You know, or we'll cut worship off. You know, our worship used to be even a lot longer. You know, uh, or, or we'll cut the altar service. Oh, I know the Steeler Games on. That's ridiculous, right? If you've got to go watch the game, go. But we're going, we're going to let God do what God needs to do, all right? But the Bible says that Jesus stood up, all right? He, he was about to do something, and yet the Bible even gets more specific he stood up and he was about to do something, but it was the Sabbath day. And so all the religious folk got all oh, like, well, you can't do this. You, you, can't, you can't do anything on the Sabbath. And so the Bible says who, who's standing there with Jesus? It was all the religious leaders. All, all the people who wanted him to follow the rules. And one thing I know about God is he's not interested in following our rules. All right? He wants to operate about the kingdom. And so one thing I know about religion, religion will make you comfortable in your discomfort. I'm going to say it again, and I'll try to explain what I mean. Religion will make you comfortable in your discomfort. In other words, religion will make you accept circumstances as the will of God. When you, in other words, when you and I pray, I cannot tell you how many times growing up, and it wasn't until I got older, read the Word for myself, and then even after, I, I mean, I knew this before I went to Bible college. I knew that most of what they taught me was wrong. People tried to teach, teach me that if I prayed and asked God for something and I didn't get it, that was His will. Now, I'm going to mess with you. <laughs> Cynthia's like, wait a minute, preacher, right? People try to, oh, Adam, you pray for healing. You didn't get it. Well, that's the will of God. And in other words, pray, Lord, if it's your will, heal me. Nowhere do you find that in scripture. All he says is you can pray and ask for it. By my stripes, you were healed. He, all through the teachings of Jesus, he's teaching the kingdom. He's saying this is how you get it. That's what I'm laying out for you tonight is how do we really receive the things that he says we can have? message of the kingdom. What religion does is religion will make you comfortable in your discomfort. In other words, it just allows us to come in and worship and accept the fact, I worship you. I want to get this, but if I don't, you know, it's okay. No, it's not. You're a citizen of the kingdom and he wants you to have it. Religion will make you and I believe, oh, if you didn't get it, there's sin or this is wrong with you or you did that wrong or you didn't give enough or all this nonsense. All right. And that's not what it's about. So religion will make you comfortable in your discomfort or it will make you, in other words, accept circumstances as the will of God. Uh, Religion tells you if religion tells you it's the Lord's will for you to be like this. In other words, religion makes you accept a condition that you have the power to change. Listen to what I just said. Religion will make you accept a condition that you have the power to change. That's why growing up, when I, would, we were, I grew up in certain kind of churches, they were like, oh, you know, maybe it's the Lord's will that you're going to be sick and die. Now, wait a minute. In other words, they're, they're wanting me to, to focus more on what it is to be a member than to really empower me to operate as a citizen of the kingdom. All right. So... Anytime someone tries to get you to accept a condition that you have the power to change, that is religion, that is control, all right? God is not interested in us to come to church to try to control us, all right? It's not about that. I don't want people to come to church here as it means to control them, control what they do and how they speak. I don't want everybody to be little replicas of me, right? That's craziness. You and I need to understand that when you and I pray – Jesus was introducing the kingdom. He was introducing it to the disciples, as we'll lay out tonight, showing them that they have access to change the things that they're experiencing. They have access to the power. That is what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Remember when Jesus said, I'm going to leave, I need must go so that another, right? Not, not one necessarily greater but different than me can come, Right? He goes on to say what is it acts 1 8 he said that you will receive power power there's a lot of churches don't want us to ever tap into the power right because because power is sometimes mean that things will happen that we can't explain right because when god shows up and he really wants to let's say god shows up tonight and everybody in the room gets healed i mean radically brother comes out of the wheelchair. I mean, every pain in my body goes away. Let's say that God melts the bolts in my back, which I've been in services where it's happened. I've had been in a revival service, I'll never forget it, in Pensacola, Florida, that we prayed. They said they believed the power of God hit them. The next night, they came back with the two different reports, one with bolts and the next one without. They were melted. They were gone, right? I thought, wait a minute. And the only way I knew it was true was we, after church was over, we were all in the back and we were looking at them, making sure that all they had all the patient details up here and the dates on them, you know how they'll show all that. And I thought, my God. I mean, bolts, gone, melted out of their body, just disappeared, right? Right. When you're religious, you can't explain that. Because religion is all about you possessing the control and often you getting the glory. Sometimes as individuals, we get egos and we want to get the glory. When I'm like, oh, look what happened at my church. No, look what happened. You know, look what happened in the house of God. Look, look how the kingdom of God was released upon the earth, right? You and I need to know that as a citizen of the kingdom, I'm going to repeat that to you again, that, that you never need to accept a condition that you have the power to change. All right. That's why I am, uh, I am excited about this message, because I believe if you can get a hold of what I'm going to lay out for you, you can begin to change conditions of your life. That's why Jesus preached the kingdom of God. He wanted them to change conditions. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the religious people, if you remember with that, when that woman uh, was there, the religious people said, said, you know, basically said, what's he going to do now? They, they said, it's the Sabbath day. He shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath day. And Jesus uh, I'm summarizing the scripture for the sake of time. Jesus uh, heard them them talking, and so he began to talk and share with them. And and he shifted from their religious talk to kingdom thought. And this is what Jesus said. He, Jesus said to them, is this woman a daughter of Abraham? What Jesus did in that text is Jesus went to their contract and rights. Jesus said, is she not a daughter of Abraham? In other words, it. it Knowing that she is, he's pointing out that she has rights and privileges, just like you and I do. So he says, Isn't she a daughter of Abraham? As a religious person, she she's a member maybe of their church, but as a kingdom person, she had the right to be healed. That's why Jesus asked that. He he said, Is she not a daughter of Abraham? In other words, she's one of mine, according to the, the contract. She has a right to be healed. When you and I pray and lay hands, we need to pray and lay hands. And I have the faith and I'm believing, but I want you all, you and I all, to have the faith and believing you have that right and that privilege to receive that healing right then as a citizen of the kingdom. That's why Jesus said to all the religious folk, They're like, You can't do this. It's the Sabbath day. You, you can't be doing this. And Jesus went right to the contract doesn't matter what day it is. She has the right to be healed as a citizen of the kingdom. All right. Does that make sense so far? All right. So, so Jesus doesn't heal her because he felt sorry for her. all right. He didn't do it. Re, 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 oftentimes religious people build religions on, 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 on making God sorry for you. That's why I don't have to beg God to do something. I don't have to make, you know, sometimes maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, Lois will manipulate David, make him feel sorry for her into getting her something she really wants, all right? We don't have to do that with God. God says, you have rights and privileges as a member of my kingdom. So we can't, we're not going to move God by just our weeping or crying, right? A kid can throw a tantrum and sometimes we'll give in and be like, all right, I'll get it for you, right? God isn't moved by that. All right. God is only moved when you and I have the understanding that we have rights and privileges. All right. So the word of God says that 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 God made a contract with Abraham. And when he made the contract with Abraham, you might remember, he said that there would be none of these diseases among you. All right. God said there were going to be none of these diseases among you. So once Jesus can identify what diseases is among us, then you and I have the right to be free from it. That's why we have got to start opening our mind and receiving the revelation. I do not have to live this way. The word of God says, "All right, God made a covenant with Abraham, and He said that I don't have to. That none of these diseases will live among you." I'm telling you that you and I don't have to think that we have to live with it like it's going to be my thorn in the flesh. His word has given me rights and privileges. Lord, I don't have to live with this. So when I pray and ask for healing, God, I thank you right now that you are a healer. And Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would heal my sister or my brother as your word has declared. I thank you that they receive healing. Healing is on its way right now. I don't need to beg for it. I don't need to tell them to jump up and down three times. It's theirs. I understand that it's available to them as a citizen of the kingdom. All right. Does that make sense? Am I being clear? All right. I don't, I don't want to lead you somewhere and you don't not catch it. Notice he also didn't ask the woman if she was a believer. He just healed her. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He, he didn't ask her what nationality she was. He didn't care what, what background she had, right? He didn't care whether she was white, black, Chinese, none of those things. All he wanted to be, all he was concerned is you're a citizen, it's yours, all right? Once you're a citizen, you have rights. Once you're connected to the, to the government authority, you have rights, all right? And so, so the, 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 the person who understood the kingdom of God the most was not even a Jew in this story, all right? They were the pagan centurion, all right? And he was a Roman. But yet he understood how the kingdom works. So let me explain to you why. He didn't worship Jehovah. He was sent there to keep the Jews down. He was sort of sent there to kind of check out what's going on, make sure there was no riot, and make sure things didn't get out of control. But, so it, but he was really sent there to control them and to keep them suppressed, all right? To keep them in order, and so the Bible says, even says that there's something like 6,000 soldiers sort of followed around and watched what was going on and watched what Jesus was preaching and all of these things. And and yet the Bible goes on to say that this, this, this centurion, his personal servant, got sick. All right. And... Up to this point, he was sort of tolerating Jesus and the crusades and the preaching for a while. He would stand back and watch as Jesus was preaching and preaching on the kingdom of God and all the things that was happening. But he, would, he was just tolerating Jesus. And, and so he, he was there keeping an eye out. And the Bible says that, that he had a circumstance that he could not control. That his personal servant got sick, right? And so he tried everything that he could. And we know that he tried everything he could because he was a centurion, and and the Bible lets us know he had money. And so anybody who has all this money, they're going to go to every doctor. They're going to travel here, travel there. He tried to get all the help that they could, and nothing had worked. But now he shows up, and he comes to Jesus. He went from being there to try to control them, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, I've tried every other resource. I'm going to try this source, which is Jesus, all right? And, and so when the doctors got finished with them, just like when the doctors get finished with you and I, you and I need to be able to have a key that can tap into every heavenly resource. Remember last week when I opened up, I showed you I had a bunch of keys like I still have laying out here. Right. These are all the keys for this building and the building back there. All right. I can have all these keys, but if I don't know what it opens, they're no good to me. Right. That's what it is to have the revelation of the kingdom. When you and I have kingdom understanding, we'll know what key unlocks what door. In other words, we don't have to, 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 to try to pray, serve God, worship God, come to church, and not get the results that we want. I don't know about you, but I'm done being frustrated, serving God, asking for things, and then not seeing them manifest. Right? I want you all to be able to excel and be blessed, and, and whatever it is that you're believing God for, I want you to receive it. So this teaching is me giving you the right key to unlock whatever it is you're asking for, all right? And so, in other words, I'm going to give you the keys, and they're all going to be labeled. If I leave here tonight and I say, well, Cynthia, I'm going on a three-week vacation. Here's the keys to get you into everything. She's going to be spending a whole lot of time going through every key, trying each door, thinking, what door does it open, right? This This teaching is to help you receive the message of the kingdom, receive the things of the kingdom, and have the right key to do it. All right. That's what this is about. So that's why that that pagan centurion, he says, I've tried every other key. I've tried every other resource. I'm going to try this stuff. This Jesus is talking about. Because everything else I've tried, it hadn't worked. All right. And so. uh, um, the, The pagan centurion, I'm getting tongue tied, decided this man could could heal his servant. But before that centurion could finish speaking, Jesus responded to him. All right. And Jesus said before he could even get it out of his mouth, Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Before he could ever finish. And the man said to him, he said, you don't have to come. Notice this. The pagan centurion, not a follower of Jesus, says to Jesus, you don't have to come. Yet he's looking for a healing. And the reason he said, you don't have to come, is he understood what nobody else that was listening to all Jesus' teaching was getting. He was understanding something that even Jesus' own disciples didn't quite get quite yet. When Jesus kept saying, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, but you're going to have power, you're going to have power. The centurion understood. He, he, He said, you don't have to come. Because in other words, what the centurion was saying is is I understand what you understand, Jesus. I understand the kingdom. I've been sitting here listening to the message of the kingdom. So I know that you have the ability to heal my servant, and you can stay right here. I know that you have the ability to speak it, and it will be done. That's what you and I also have to understand about the kingdom, that whatever we ask, it shall be done, right? Right? We, we, I think religion makes our asking of God really complicated. It really does. I mean, when I grew up, I was so intimidated to pray in church because they sort of made it so... Like, I didn't do it quite right. I didn't ask quite right. Right? I didn't have any, enough these and thous, Right? I, I didn't do it in, in, as eloquent as they would. This man understood what all the people who are following Jesus closely didn't even understand. He, he, he said, I understand. I understand what you understand, Jesus. I understand the kingdom because he understood, hey, Caesar is in Rome. The man is a Palestine and he's thousands of miles away from the Middle East. All right. And so but the centurion kingdom headquarters was in Rome. And, 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 it, and yet he is all the way at this moment in, in the text that, that I'm referring you to. He was all the way in Palestine. But watch this. His authority in the authority he carried in Italy, released him with the same authority in Palestine. All right. He was able to be in Palestine and operate in the same authority as he would have in Rome. All right. I want you to understand that as we go for this. When, 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 In other words, when he when he would tell a soldier. um, um, Go do something, whether he was in Rome or he's in Palestine, he was operating in the authority that he was given by, through his title. Amen? And so he he, he... he he Lord, help me. You and I need to also understand that because we're a citizen of the kingdom, we have those rights and privileges, and we're operating in authority. And so I can ask things of God, and he will answer because of the authority that he's given us. We, we can demand that a demon leave a, a, a person, and they must go because we're operating in the authority that God has given us. And, and so... He understood the kingdom because of his position. He understood that he was he had superiority over others. And so if he told someone who was under him to do something, they would listen to him. Whether he was in Italy or he was, you know, in Rome, wherever he was, they were going to listen to him because of his authority, because he understood uh, the hierarchy. Does that make sense to you? He understood the, the flow of how it goes. And so the the, the the key to get stuff from the kingdom is you have to move under... God's authority. Religion will make you think you need to move under man's authority. Hmm. Religion will make you believe you have to move under man's authority. You know, yes. The Bible does say that, that we have governing authorities and that we're to be, to be submitted to them. That's why whether I agree with a president or not, I'll obey. All right. Because God's word told me, right? That I, I, I'm to submit myself to my governing authorities. In the same way, I have a spiritual father, the people that were ordained credentialed through. I honor them. I revere them. I respect them. Maybe I don't always agree, right? But I still operate with a level of submission because I understand kingdom authority, all right? Now, This man that we're talking about, this centurion, used the key key of authority. He said, this is what he said to Jesus. He said, I know that even now, if you say you are healed and send your word, I know the same way I use my word, your word will work. He was saying in the same manner I can tell someone under me to go do something and they will do it. I understand you can speak even now and it will obey you. Because he understood how the kingdom operates. All right. And so Jesus responded to him, and Jesus said this. He said, I have never seen so great a faith. That is powerful for Jesus to say about a man who is not a follower, who is not a Jew, I have never seen so great a faith. Because this man understood the kingdom of God. He said, I understand what you understand, and I know that you don't even have to travel to see that my servant is healed. You can just speak it, and it will be done. In the same manner, Jesus wants you and I to understand that we have access to that same kind of power. That same kind of power. I've kind of given the illustration when I've done leadership teachings. I think, Cynthia, you might help remember where that a person who walks in their rightful authority can just walk in a room and the atmosphere will change. Do You ever notice that when when people uh, people will say that that even certain presidents have a certain like aura, they'll call it about them, that when they walk in the room, there's just a hush. Because they walk in their authority, right? Certain pastors, there's been churches I've gone into. Some churches will have me. I was just at one this week, and I had to go in and deal with their chaos and their mess. And so I showed up, and like you wouldn't believe the, the report that I got from the board, from the church and the pastor, it was awful. I was expecting to go in there, and there'd be fistfights, right? I walk in, and I walk, it was, it's sort of the way you walk in the church. You kind of walk in, and you can go to the right to, like, the classrooms and fellowship, or you go to the left, and you go into the sanctuary. And I walk in the vestibule area hall, and I could hear all of, like, the noise and the talking, a lot of loud speaking before I went in to deal with their leadership and say, you know, get right. or I'm coming for you. And um, I walk in, and as soon as I get to the double doors, you know, they must have heard me walking, and I mean, and I thought, oh, boy, they must have scared them, right? But what it really was, is, as, as I was thinking, is, is just walking in your kingdom authority, it's not me, I didn't walk in there with an ego and say, I'm here, I'm going to straighten you all out. It was me knowing, God, I'm here, I'm going to teach him your word, so I'm walking in your authority. It was really the authority of God going with me, the power of God going with me. That's what it is. It's not the man or the woman or the person. When you and I walk in, in our right authority, you can walk into a tornado of a mess in your home, and it'll come in order just because of the anointing and the power of God that operates with us. That's what it is to be a part of the kingdom, that I'm walking in his authority. Things will come in order just by your presence, all right? Sometimes if, if everyone's real talkative and loud on a Sunday morning and I'm not in the sanctuary much and I come in, people don't just get quiet because service is about to start. They're like, oh, got to quiet up. The preacher walked in, right? Same thing with your home. Kids will settle down, right? If your kids are carrying on, you walk in the room, they sort of straighten up, right? Because mom's here. She's going to put a whooping on us, right? Because we're walking in our rightful authority. I'm trying to relate this. But, so, but Jesus said to, him, said to him, I have never seen so great a faith. The man knew the key of authority. The way to get things done is to understand authority. Jesus told him, go on your way. Your servant is healed. I mean, Hallelujah. Because the Bible says the same hour the servant got up and he was healed. The same hour that while they were thousands of miles away, that same hour, Jesus just go your way. Your servant is healed. And all because the, 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 the centurion asked, he didn't even get it all out. And Jesus says, he'll be healed. Right? He'll be healed. Because there's certain rights and privileges of the kingdom. Notice he wasn't even a follower. He wasn't even what he, he he wasn't sitting in church like you are. He was just hearing a little bit, but he had an understanding. All right, and he just had an understanding. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, for hearing and helping us to understand and receive the word of God. Are you still with me? I alluded last week, but I want to expound a little bit. The angels take care of the citizens we're going to talk more about this uh later on but i'll, I'll give you a, a brief summary the angels take care of their citizens uh, in a kingdom the citizens do not fight now many of us were raised to say we are part of the army of the lord but remember i i think it was the last week i said we'll see, really see nowhere in scripture god's not calling you and i to pick up arms Watch this. It's going to mess with our minds. Religion has made you and I into an army. But nowhere in Scripture is the church called an army. It's kind of mind-blowing. I mean, I remember singing songs about us being in the army of the Lord, right? But nowhere in Scripture. Go looking. Google it if you have to. But you will not find it where he refers to you and I as an army. Jesus never says it, and he never teaches it. But his word, the word of God, actually says that the Bible says this that he is giving his army charge concerning the citizens or citizens. Now watch this. So the kingdom of God, the way Jesus lays it out, the kingdom of God makes you and I in charge of the army. I'm going to show all this to you. His army actually fights to protect the citizens. Watch this. If you're a member of the Marines, they're fighting so we don't have to, right? Right? If someone signs up to join the Marines, the Army, the Navy, right, they go fight. You, the people, just normal citizens of the United States, aren't fighting, right? The Army is. The Word of God says that the, 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 the angels are the army of the Lord. Now watch this. You and I need to understand they're fighting so we don't have to. I'm not saying that there isn't warfare. That happens. There is a real war, right? We know that the Bible says so. That, that there are wickedness in high places, right? We can feel the oppression of the enemy oftentimes. Sometimes you can feel it in church. Sometimes we come under attack, right? But through the word of God, what, he's, what you and I need to understand about the kingdom of God is that when I pray, there will be angels that war on my behalf. I don't have to. We've turned intercessory prayer into, into us being the army. I, I, I'll make it make sense. Hang on because the army actually fights to protect the citizens. Anybody who's ever served, you have served, right? Brothers served, right? Others have served. They've served to protect the citizens. We have people all around the world right now serving in our military and they're there. They're doing it to protect the citizens. They're not, they're not there. And then for the citizens to rise up and fight ourselves in the same manner, that's how the kingdom of God operates. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 I'm gonna. Help you understand this. I can see some of your puzzled faces, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you you kind of look like preacher. All right. Now, when when you become a soldier, when you become a soldier in the army, right? You're just not a. You're just. Uh, you're you're just not a, a citizen anymore. Right? When you become a, 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 let me put it this way, when you, when you join the army, you're just not a civilian. Right? You've been trained with special tactics. You've got special education to take care of certain particular things. That is why civilians, right, or just your ordinary citizen, doesn't go to war without some training. In the same manner, God's saying, I love you enough, I need you to know that as a citizen of my kingdom... That if something rises up against you, you don't have to go fight for it. Know that you are a commander of the army of the Lord. Because remember, he said, I've given you power to trample on demons and scorpions. And he's shared some other things. He said, I've given you authority that really you and I are the commanders of the armies of the Lord. So watch this. Uh, growing up, we were taught that we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yet, if, if we are soldiers in the army of the Lord, God help me, if, if, when, when religious people tell us, and, the, and some churches start teaching us that we're, we're soldiers in the army of the Lord, then in other words, once you're a soldier, I can't take care of you. You can take care of yourself. Right? If everyone in here, if every citizen of the United States is trained as a soldier, what do we need an army for? right? And so the, kingdom, the revelation of the kingdom is, is know who you are. In other words, a lot of times we spend a lot of time trying to get God to move and trying to war against the enemy. But I understand as a commander, guess what? The commanders don't go to war. They, they, they stay in their plush little comfy tents. And what do they do, brother? They'll call out orders to the people in the front line saying, I need you to do this, this, and this. But they're not at war, right? They have been at some point. They're in their stripes and all those things. Because what? They put in their time. But you and I need to understand that he has given you and I charge. And so he says, I don't need you to go to war. What I need you to understand is that a citizen of the kingdom, my army goes to war for you. In the same manner that if we attack someone or we we, we bomb a country, we're not the ones doing it as, as citizens or civilians. Our army is. God's saying, I need you to understand as a citizen, I've got you covered. Remember, I said earlier, he's working for us. The kingdom works for us, not we work for the kingdom. I don't have to go to war to do this. Now, watch. It doesn't mean there's not a time where I, 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 there's warfare that is engaged. I I don't want to get you confused. There are times where we are in a war, right? We just established we're in a world between two worlds, right? Right, right. There is a war. We just have to know our place. Like she said, we have to know the armor has a purpose, We have to wear the armor. We have to have on the helmet of salvation, which will help us to maintain uh, our mind because it is with the mind we serve the Lord. We need to, to have the breastplate of righteousness, all these things which each has a purpose. But I also need to understand that what my position is. Sometimes we're trying to go to work and to do something and God's saying, you're doing something that I don't need you to do. You're a citizen. I've given you charge over my armies." All right. So 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 in other words, um, it, it's God trying to say to you and I that if 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 everyone's trained to fight, then then I can't take care of you. All right. I've learned that oftentimes religious people just like to fight. In other words, church people sometimes just like to fight. They just want someone or something to fight all the time. All right. But the real revelation of the kingdom. Uh, all right. is it, it, not that I, I I look at it like. Angels get upset when we pray, and then we don't give them something to do. In other words, if I'm praying and I'm asking God to do something, and then I get done praying and I try to do it myself, angels are like on the unemployment line. I think I said that last week because I've not given them anything to do, right? If there's turmoil in my family and I'm not praying and say, Father, I ask for angels to be surrounded by my family's home to bring peace, and I pray for warring angels or ministering angels, right? And If I don't do that in my prayer, angels are saying, you didn't give me nothing to do, Adam. Right. He said, he's given you and I charge over them. So put them to work. That's what our prayer life does. It puts them to work. It takes angels off of the unemployment line. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We got to let the angels do their job. All right. I, I, all the stuff that we often call warfare, and that isn't what God's called us to do. All right. Help me, Lord. Author scripture, we could give many examples. Author scripture, there are people who had problems. Daniel had a problem, all right? Daniel had a problem. And when when you and I have a problem of any kind, today when we had a problem, we had to call the police, all right? I get to call the police because I'm a citizen. When you call the police and you're a citizen, they come running. if it's an ambulance you need or police you need or a fire truck you need, they come running and they come with lights flashing. They come with lights flashing and all the other traffic has to get out of the way because you're a citizen and you called for help. All right? You and I, as citizens, have the authority over the entire police force because when we call, they answer. I mean, I want you to think about where I'm going. When you call 911... At that moment, you have authority over the police force. They come on your behalf. If you need a fire truck, you have authority over them because your phone call made them come. Think about that. You're a citizen of the United States, and yet they'll all come running for you, all right? They turn their lights. They turn their sirens on to tell everyone to get out of the way because you called. Religion often wants us to believe sort of we're small in the scheme of things. And God is saying, I've given you authority. I'm trying to use this as an example to you the kind of authority we will. I know it's crazy and it's a little, you know, thinking outside the box, but just like when we call 911 and they come running with sirens and trucks and fancy cars and all of that to bring help, everybody gets out of the way because you called. I want you to have that same understanding. When you call upon the Lord, there are angels coming with lights and sirens, and they're there to move everything that is in opposition to you out of the way. That's the kind of authority God has given you and I. Hallelujah. When when Daniel had a problem and he called upon the Lord, he said he he had a problem in Persia. The Bible says the angel left the headquarters. And and let's just think for a moment. It's as if the angel radioed over to Michael and said, "There's there's there's a traffic jam of demons. All right. Michael fought and opened the way and Daniel did not have to fight. Listen to that. Daniel didn't have to fight. The Bible says that, that the angel opened the way, and Daniel didn't have to fight. That's why I said earlier intercessory prayer. In, in, intercession, what, in, what intercessory prayer really means is it means waiting until the police comes. I, I'm breaking it down. That's not a literal meeting. I'm putting it in terms that you can understand, all right? We turned intercessory prayer into a bunch of hooping, hollering, crazy stuff and don't be wrong, there is time for us to get loud. There is time for you and I to. to there, there are times that we do things, all right? That, 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 that even the Bible speaks that there are times. But we've turned intercessory prayer into something that's more of a performance and it gets no results. You know what I mean? I've been in some intercessory prayers and I mean, they're all, I mean, everybody's praying in the spirit and all this and nothing's happening, all right? Nothing. There, nobody got healed, nobody got delivered. The church didn't get a breakthrough, or this person didn't get the miracle they needed, right? But all this stuff going on because there, it was all emotionalism, radicalism, and nobody, nobody operated in their authority, all right? When you operate in your authority, things happen. If Amy says to heaven, you sit down and you be quiet, she's going to sit down and be quiet because of your authority, in the same manner that because if I'm operating in my authority and I say, Father, I thank you that healing falls in this room now. And God, I thank you that ministering angels are going to come to this place and begin to minister to your people. Those who are full of sorrow going to happen. I just get sent angels on assignment. All right. I don't have to do anything else. Real radical. I don't have to get loud to get God to move. All I have to do is ask. When you call 911, you don't have to scream to get the police to come with sirens and lights. I can call 911 and be like, yeah, hey, Renita's a little out of control here at the church. Can you send the popo up? And they're going to come because as a citizen, I called. The same thing is if I pray, all I got to say is, God, I need you. And I need you to send some help my way because I really don't know how I'm going. to I don't have to scream. Nothing wrong. Sometimes we get emotional. Sometimes we are desperate for God to move and we'll get. So I'm not preaching against that. I'm just saying. It, my, the decibel that I pray doesn't mean God's going to move any quicker. In the, in the same manner, if I'm yelling and screaming, 911 isn't going to put my call through any faster. Does that make sense? All right, Hallelujah. Yeah. What intercessory prayer is? Is it just means you and I pray, we ask, and then we wait till the police comes. As a citizen of the kingdom, it means you can afford to wait because your government doesn't lie. Now, our government in the United States of America, they lie. All right, because they're a democracy. What you need to understand about God and his kingdom, God's, God's government is a theocracy. Theocracy meaning it's appointed. All right? So God appoints people. God appoints people who are called to be pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, all of that. They are confirmed by other people who have been appointed. All right? But God himself, his government, who we're talking about, when we pray, we pray to him. We don't pray to Mary. We don't pray to Joseph. We don't pray to any of the apostles. We pray to the one who is in control. All right? God the Father, in Jesus' name, because he doesn't lie. That's why if you pray to anything else other than that, they lie. They have no authority. I, I don't even want to get into that because you'll get me all fired up about the ridiculousness that people do and how they think they're going to get results and answers, and they're praying to a being or a person that it, it, it is not divine. Right. The God that we serve has power. He has demonstrated that power over and over again, and there is power in the name of Jesus. Now, 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 now when I pray, my job after I pray is I just need to be at peace and wait till the police come. In other words, wait till God shows up. So if I'm praying and asking God for healing, God, I thank you and I receive your healing that your word declares, or let me put it this way, that God, your your constitution says based on my rights and privileges, I have. So Father, I receive healing right now in my body in the name of Jesus. Send angels to work in my midst. I go to bed and I go to sleep. I'm not going to have a sleepless night because help is on the way. All right. If I do, I'm sorry, I think my watch is just buzzing like crazy. If I do anything else, I'm not operating in faith, all right? I'm not operating as a citizen of the kingdom. A citizen knows when they call, they're going to get results, all right? The day that you pray, the government released the angel. That's what you need to understand. The day you pray, God the Father saying, saying, go, do what you're called to do. An angels on the way. That's what prayer is all about. Putting angels to work. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why we got to just relax sometimes. Yeah, we'll we'll come to church and we'll be in a time of prayer and then we still worry. We need to relax and let the army of angels deal with the problems. That's why God said in his word, cast all your cares on the Lord. Because he said, I want you to cast your cares on me so that you can relax and be at peace. So that you don't have sleepless nights. So that you don't, don't have to worry and be in fear. All right. When you and I read the Bible, all the situations were dealt with with angels over and over. Read cover to cover; there are angels all through it, right? When Joshua showed up and saw Jericho, and, and Joshua chapter five verse thirteen, he he Joshua said, "Hey, we got a problem. You know, you called us to be here, but we're standing outside a problem." And in verse thirteen of Joshua five, this is what he says. He said, and it came to pass when when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him. Oh, my God. And with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? An angel. All All through Scripture. That's just one example. All through Scripture. The, The next thing, a man showed up, an angel dressed in military gear. Notice that he didn't even know whether he was for him or against him because he was in military gear. That's why I'd let them go to war on your behalf. I'm not going to fight people. I'm going to let God do it, right? I, I'm not going to fight situations and things. Remember, our number one problem is about the, the, the thing oftentimes is us is not, not being able to control circumstances. You and I need to recognize we have access to the power to change them. It's just I don't have to change them. I have access to the power, right? Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, time is gone. Oh, I didn't get where I need to go. Bless God Almighty. Now, let, 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 let me finish that chapter. Once the man showed up and the angel showed up in the military, Joshua, when he said, the thing he said to the angel, he says, are you with them or are you with us? He said, are you, are you with us or are you with our adversaries? And the angel answered in Joshua chapter 5. angel answered and said, no, no. But as captain or commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. In Joshua 5, listen to what he says. No, but as commander or captain of the army of the Lord, I have now come. In other words, because you called, I came. Think about that. Because you and I call. Because Joshua called, he got help. Because you call, help comes. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Most of the Christians, we get end up getting whooped on every single day. It's because we're the ones trying to go to battle. I think, I, I think one of the things that we have mistaught so much is this right here. We'll go into spiritual warfare. We start praying. We're trying to beat up on everything and everything that's coming against us all of ourself and yet God's saying, no, 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 you're getting whooped, you're getting beat down, and you're feeling depressed and beat up on every side because you're trying to do it in your own strength, all right? God never designed it that you and I would do the fighting, all right? Citizens, God has shown us in the Word, according to Hebrews 1, verse 14, it's the last scripture I'll give you for tonight. As citizens, we have rights to command the army. See, I I always give you a scripture to back up what we're teaching you. Citizens, you have rights to command the army. In Hebrews, 1 verse 14, he says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister or serve those for them who shall be heirs of salvation? In other words, he's saying that they're they're here to serve you and I. Whatever you and I need, the angels are sent to serve you and I. My God, that's what he says. Are there not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? Angels were sent forth to minister, to go to work on behalf of whatever it is that you need for the heirs of salvation. So we're going to need to send angels to work. Let them go to work. Hallelujah. The, the best stuff I, 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 I'm not going to be able to get into because uh, I didn't get as far as I wanted to. Good Lord Almighty. Thoughts, comments? I wanted to get into Acts chapter 1. Um. Lord, have mercy. It's all right. We'll have to make it good for next week. Whew. Thank you, Lord. So I wanted to get into understanding the power that you've accessed to so it all starts making sense. Because tonight you might be sort of like, I don't know, like I'm confused what you're saying. Because Jesus even made it a point to say that I, 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 if, I, if I even open my mouth anymore, I'll make it upset, but you and I need to understand that, that you and I have the ability that when, when we dispatch angels, the thousands that go out, I'm not talking about one. Even Jesus gave an example, and he was trying to prove a point that, that when he was teaching the religious leaders, he said, we're not here to have a war. He wanted them to understand the power of the kingdom, that he could, he could call in legions of, of angels, right? He wanted them to understand i could call on legions of angels to come and do what i need to do but that's not what we're here for i'm here to teach the message of the kingdom that's why you need to understand that we don't have to get up and fight everything you and i just need to pray and let god deal with it let let the war happen in the in the in the the heavens above us that's where it happens right and and realize that we our job is just to be a commander of the army when you pray that's what you are you're a commander of the army i think that's awesome that helps to give you and I, should give you and I revelation to understand that, that when you and I pray, things go out and, and start moving. It should also build your faith to know that when you start calling on with the Lord, he's dispatching angels. He's saying right now, when you and, when you and I were praying right before we did the teaching, that was Heavenly Father was saying, yeah, I need uh, uh, legions of angels to go to work in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Think about that. I need ministering angels to get into Brownsville to Ramona's house tonight. I need, I need angels to go and comfort and be in the midst of Renito on Thursday. I need, hallelujah, angels to go and touch these families who've lost loved ones. Think about that. As you and I prayed, dispatch from heaven said, go to work, go to work, go to work. I love that. I think that it's exciting. You know, all in the heavens, the sirens and stuff were blaring because of you. You prayed. Traffic stopped in the heavens. To, to get the angels to go to work for you and I. Hallelujah. Is, is what I'm saying to you making sense so we can wrap up? Thoughts, questions about it, what I'm, what I'm trying to get to? Well, that's the thing, though. We're, we're conditioned. It's not that you're praying wrong. We're praying how we're taught. And we're taught to pray from religion. That if it ain't working, you ain't living right. How many times have we been taught this kind of stuff? But yet Jesus healed someone who wasn't even a follower. In other words, saying, I can heal you and you're not even a believer. I mean, that'll screw up everything that we've been taught. In other words, thinking because I've seen God heal people in a service and they've not confessed Jesus Christ, the Savior. He'll use it, though, to teach them the kingdom, to get to them. But yet religion has taught us, well, you've got to accept Jesus first. You've got to do this next. Then you can ask for a healing. But you can't do it until you repent of your sins. But Jesus proved in Scripture, he said, watch this, I'm going to heal this person. They're not even a believer. But how many times have we been taught stuff that Jesus completely taught up into the table? So it's not that you're praying wrong. It's that you're praying how most of us have been taught, and it's about control. Stay within these lines, and then, and then when it doesn't happen, we can just say, well, it must be God's will. No, you and I have to understand, if it's in the Word, it's his contract, It's his constitution in the same manner that the constitution, if our president doesn't behave in the manner that our constitution says, so what do we do? We impeach him, right? Now we can't impeach God, right? He's impeachable. He is, was, and always will be. But the Bible is his constitution. He says, here's your rights, privileges. Here's what I will do for you. Because remember, he works for us. We don't work for him. We've turned prayer into us working for God, Think about it. most of the way we pray, it's us saying, oh, we're laboring. Oh, God, would you please do this? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we'll repeat it over and over again, trying to get God to work for us. He says, all you got to do is ask simply, hey, God, show up. I cannot tell you. Charismatic Pentecostal churches like ours have taught, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. And we've turned that into, we need to be shuntime my bow tie all day long, every day. No, pray without ceasing and I love to pray in the spirit. I like to rip off in tongues. Yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. But we've turned it into, we need to pray all the time, constantly, all this stuff, and just kind of beat the ear of God. I pray little prayers all day long. I I was walking down the hall of the office today. Just real quick, just saying, Lord, I thank you that you are in their midst right now in the name of Done. Pray without ceasing. It's just little things here and there. Because I understand as a citizen, I just sent an angel. I don't need to go laboring in prayer. I don't have to spend the next 60 minutes in prayer. I can pray 30 seconds now, 90 seconds to when I get home, uh, 15 minutes later. You understanding what I'm saying? Pray without ceasing means to continually have an attitude of prayer. It doesn't mean you've got to be long-winded in that the people who are long-winded are the most spiritual. That's just not true. All right, so never be intimidated because you're not a long prayer. It just means all you've got to do is you're the dispatcher, right? You're, you're, you're getting the angels to respond. So don't, don't fall under that. Religion will want you to say, oh, I've been praying all wrong and be condemned about it. So that's the reverse of what I was saying earlier. You need to just receive the revelation and don't walk in condemnation. But now revelation will help you that when you pray or, in other words, not just pray, you demand understand when you pray that is you demanding your rights and privileges that too messes with our theology because we feel like we're just supposed to mighty god please do this for me no when i pray i remind god of his word yeah boldly so i demand right that's why you the bible says decree a thing and it will be established I have no power in my voice when I decree something, I'm only decreeing what he already said. So when I pray, I just remind God, Lord, your word says that it is by your stripes we were healed. So Father, I thank you that you did not die and, and shed your blood for in be in vain, but I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. Right? My mom was questioning me last night, she said, I just don't understand how you are so calm." because she was really upset about some circumstances and things that was going on and things that were enduring and, and a personal battle that I'm going through. And she said, I, how is it? She said, I really got to talk to God. She said, how you work so hard, you go from morning to night every night, taking every meeting, going to every place, ministering this place, ministering to people in churches that aren't even your own. And she said, and then God's just leaving you hanging. And I heard her heart, the heart of a mom, of course, is like, I want my baby to be touched by the power of God, right? And so as a mother, I was like, whatever and I told her, I said, Mom, I said, if you think I'm losing sleep over the financial problem I have currently and the physical problem I'm enduring right now, I haven't missed a night's sleep and I don't know how long. And it's not, it's ego. It is just simply. It is only and simply. I've reminded God of his constitution. And now all I have to do is wait. Because help is on the way. I don't know when and I don't know how, but it will come. You just have to operate in that revelation and not beat yourself up is what I'm trying to say. Just change it now. Whatever we did that was old you know, and was wrong, God's just looking at us laughing. Like, like You'll get it one day. You'll get the kingdom message, right? Were you going to say something, brother? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. When I say religion... Uh, I'm sort of trying to lump it all. We can be religious and legalistic, meaning you're not really saved if you, if, if, if you do this. Some people believe you're not saved if you don't dress a certain way. Some people believe you're, you, well, you can't be a member if you, if you, uh, I don't want to get into too much, uh, but, you know, uh, if you, you know, wait, ladies who, if you wear makeup or you don't uh, uh, wear a dress or if you cut your, you're all going to go to hell. You know, that, that's just, What? But It's taken things way out of context in the same manner that churches, nowhere found in the word, say you have to do these few things to become a member here as if it makes you more spiritual to receive the things of God. When Jesus already pointed out, I can heal you and you not even be a believer. And so it is legalism. It's religion. It's we've people come up with people use legalism and religion as a means to keep control. That's all that it is. You know, it's a, it's a way to it's man-made to control you. God's Word is liberating. It's to set you free. What did Jesus say? I've come to set the captive free. It's not that that God wants us to be, you know, without order in church. There is an order. Even the Bible says there is a reverence to the house of God. When you are operating under His authority, though, you're not a lone ranger, you know. uh, I don't want to get into too much. But when you are operating under God's authority, there is that theocratic government there is checks and balances. I like to lay it this way. When, when, when I have a problem in one of our churches that we have a pastor, and like I had to deal with, and there's a problem with the pastor, I'll go in and there's accountability, and that's me. And so if they're acting crazy and preaching nonsense or abusing their people, I'll say, you need to either correct this or I'm going to fire you, or you know, you're going to sit down for a period of time because I'm their spiritual authority. All right, My spiritual authority is, is, it was Dr. Howe. Now I have a, a new spiritual father. They, in turn, have spiritual authority, right? I receive what my spiritual father says because I know he's being accountable to someone. Most churches try to enforce rules and things that aren't even scriptural as a means to control you, as to to confine you and not allow you to grow. God's government, you know, I get a text message from my spiritual father every Sunday morning. There's 5,000 of us spiritual sons and daughters, and I get a text from him every Sunday. So when he calls me and says, you know, you called the other day and vented, and this happened. I called the other day, and I vented, and he told me my attitude was wrong, which birthed the message from Sunday. I received his rebuke because I trust him, number one, but because I know he's under authority. I know he's submitting to someone who's telling him probably something like that, too. You know what I mean? And so I can trust that. And so he doesn't have to worry about me being a lone ranger abusing the people because, one, they keep an eye on, all right, and, and, and that... My, my point is, is God has an order of government. And when you are under authority, right, you have the freedom to move and to operate. When you get into churches and places that there is no flow, oh God help me, no order of government, no structure of government is when things go awry. People will use titles to try to resemble government, but a title doesn't mean authority. I can, I can give her a title, the archbishop, uh, arch-providing bishop of the western side of the Fresh Fire Church of Union Tunnel on Connellsville Street, honorary, and blah, 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 blah. That doesn't mean she has authority. Real authority only comes from God. Real authority is only appointed by a higher authority. And so churches, I'm going the long way around, churches often use legalism, religion, rules, and their own laws that aren't scriptural to control you. God in his word doesn't use any of that. He, he uses his fivefold ministers. He uses, you know, the other church government, you know, elders, you know, deacons and that to release his power into the, into the church, all right? And so we'll come up with everything else that's not scriptural to minimize the power of God so that we stay in control. Does that make sense? but it goes back to it's not her it goes back to you got to look what she was raised in look at all the churches she's been recently in and places she's visiting now it's their culture they 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 Teach and operate in a manner that if you don't pray long and pray loud, it's not godly. You know, I've had some of the most anointed and God touching me in moments where uh, one of my spiritual mo- mother, Sister Rhea, will come up to me and she'll just come up to me, lean her head into me, old and she's about she's skinnier than I am, and she'll just lay her hand on my chest and say, Sweet Jesus. And I mean, instantly, I'm like a feather, falling to the ground. Because there's power in it. She knows her authority. That sister is only doing what she was trained. But, but the, the real thing is, it's not in what she's doing. Are there results in her prayer? Are there many? Are there great? Or are there very few? If there's very few, then it's, we need the message of the kingdom to understand. It's not in what I'm doing. That religion saying, you need, you need to work to get God to move. The message of the kingdom is me saying, I'm just going to pray and ask and let the kingdom work for me. That's all right, you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah. 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 depends. I'm one of those that, you know, I'll flow like Sunday. There's times I'll have someone else come up and pray. I think Cynthia, I had ministered uh, somebody Sunday, right? I've had some of you others come up or lay hands or say, do you have a word? Because there's sometimes, you know, church people are so conditioned that the pastor is going to get the miracle. The pastor is going to pray it through. There's sometimes I can literally feel like, uh, like it's almost like heaven has a bridle on me. And I can feel like in my spirit him pulling me back and like, nope. Nope. like, you know, everything in me is like, I got to pray for this person and anoint them, name them, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, oh, and rebuke. But there's sometimes I can just feel them pull me back. In other words, he can move through others. Sometimes he anoints people, and some people carry a special anointing, whether it's to minister to Connie or to minister this one, or maybe he's bringing a word through someone that they need to hear. And so we just have to be sensitive enough to realize that there's sometimes I don't pray long. I'll do an altar service. Sometimes it's a quick boom, boom, boom. Then there's other times I'll labor with someone. Sometimes I don't give an auto call. It depends on how the Holy Spirit's navigating. And some people just don't do that. They, again, it's not kingdom mentality. It's them trying to work for the kingdom. If I pray loud enough, shake hard enough, miracle's going to come. No, that, that's not going to do it at all. You look foolish. You don't look spiritual. You know, it's, it's just a lack of teaching. And it's not their fault and our fault. It's literally a lack of teaching. Because what I've just laid out, we didn't even get to the depths of this. As we go through this, you realize that the message of the kingdom takes control away from man. And we like to be in control. Preachers like to be in control. Church leaders like to be in control. Elders and deacons, well, they want to scowl on their face and all this stuff. You know, where when you understand the message of the kingdom, yes, they have a role to play and they have authority in the church, sure. But you realize it's when it comes to the spiritual matters of things that we're talking about, it's you and God. You're going to get what you need with or without the elder, with or without the deacon, with or without, you know, the preacher or whomever, you know, because you have the authority to dispatch 911 on your behalf. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. for sure i mean i've had preachers to i have pastors that won't associate with me because we speak in tongues you know i'm not welcome at certain meetings in town because we're holy ghost filled you know it's it happens it does and i don't even debate it anymore uh, i i just don't get into it but it's it's a shame but jesus said you shall receive power And it's a power to operate, power to see things happen, power to see all these things manifest. And that's what we have to begin to operate in, is the power and our job, what God has given us spiritual leaders to identify when people are operating in their flesh and shut them down. That's one of the things I don't like to see is when people are operating fleshly and and wishy-washy church leaders just let it go. You know, if someone's operating in the flesh and they're trying to make it look spiritual, you've got to stop that stuff right in its tracks.